The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts of this program do not necessarily stand to reflect those of this station or its management. Celebrating six years of unfiltered broadcast excellence, this is the Outlaw Radio six-year anniversary show with Bad Billy. Who is this guy? He's obviously a main cog. Also tonight, special guests, country music star, Kimberly Dunn. Howdy y'all, this is Kimberly Dunn, and you're listening to the Outlaw Radio 6th Anniversary Special. Also, retired heavyweight boxer, kickboxer, MMA, and professional wrestling champion, Eric Esch, also known as Butterbean. The king of the four rounders, ladies and gentlemen, here is Can you beat somebody up, not go to jail, and get paid? It's entertaining. People always want to watch two guys fight to see who the toughest is and, you know, the slickest. And the legendary John B. Wells, professional voiceover artist, singer, musician, and host of talk radio shows Caravan to Midnight and Ark Midnight. This is John B. Wells, and you are listening to Outlaw Radio 6th Anniversary Special. Maybe we should form a consortium. This is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 12th of June, 2021. I am your host, Bad Billy, and I've got a great show lined up for you. As you know, this is the six-year anniversary special. Yes, six years on the air. Can you believe it? Yes, I mean, I do miss Derek and Chris. I mean, uh, Derek has his own things to do, Chris. We'll probably join once in a while, but uh, not quite as often because he's very busy. Plus, uh, you know, he's married and tied down too. But nonetheless, I managed to put together a great show for you for the anniversary special and six years on the air, still going strong. In just a little bit, you're going to hear the interview that uh, I recorded with country music singer out of Texas, and she will be at the Highway 30 Music Fest. That is Kimberly Dunn. It was a great pleasure to talk to her. In the second hour, you will hear the face-to-face interview I had with the one and only John B. Wells at the Red Pill Expo in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. Yes, I had a great time in South Dakota, too, and I did a lot. Went to Deadwood, went to Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse. It was quite a week. In the third hour, you'll hear an interview that I conducted with one of my favorite fighters of all time, participated in the uh, sports of boxing, kickboxing, and MMA. That, of course, is Eric 
Butterbean-ish. Yes, indeed. So to kick things off and get everything started, I want to cue one of the latest singles from Kimberly Dunn. This is Stumbling Through, and I'll be back with Kimberly Dunn right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. Worried about what everyone's thinking of me Till I stop giving a damn now You're gonna get what you see All I know is all I know Ain't concerned with what I don't This world's gonna keep spinning around and around Or it won't foot don't leave the brakes how you ever gonna get it right if you don't make a couple mistakes i got my way you got yours what the thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you i'll bet you want something different don't you something more take your shot with cold cock whiskey the best whiskey anywhere why because it's different from other liquors cold cock whiskey is herbal whiskey 100 all natural herbs blended with aged american whiskey 
No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cox blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. Always take life with a grain of salt and a slice of lime and a shot of tequila. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please don't touch. When I was young, I was told to hold my tongue. I was told if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. But now I'm older and I see that we live in a world where nice just won't cut it. So instead, I speak my mind. Speak out against injustice. Freedom of speech. It's your first amendment. Protect it. This message was brought to you by the NAE Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. First, there was Cranked Up Live. This is Cranked Up Live. Then, Cranked Up went Country. Today's best and tomorrow's greats. Cranked Up Country. Now, Cranked Up Live is back. This is a sizzling hot podcast. Cranked Up Live. Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington will keep you listening, keep you laughing, and keep you coming back for more. Convicted felons will no longer be called convicted felons. Do you know what they want to call them, Curtis? <laughs> no. Justice-involved individuals is what they renamed them. Listen and download the podcasts at crankeduplive.com. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankeduplive. Cranked Up Live. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Stumbling Through by Kimberly Dunn, and it is my pleasure to welcome Kimberly to the show. Kimberly, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and uh, being here, and I, I know it's been uh, pretty mad busy. You got some shows coming up, unlike last year for a lot of musicians. You know, finally, uh, we're starting to uh, get back on track with that. <laughs> but, uh, yes, absolutely. For those who are not familiar with Kimberly Dunn, why don't you give a little background, tell the listeners a bit about yourself? Absolutely, yes. Well, I am from Texas. I am a high-energy country rock show, and we're just a real fun group of people. My band is, um, somebody once told me that our band was like watching Dolly Parton um, head the Foo Fighters. So we're kind of a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll, and I've been touring for 10 years, and um, totally independent artist, and I write all of my music. I've been um, writing songs for 15 years. 
Um, it sounds like a long time, but I, but it also doesn't feel like a long time as well. And I've been building my uh, touring business and my music business um, with my husband, uh, Scott Wilson. And we've, uh, it feels like, man, I've, at, now that I say like these numbers, it's crazy. I haven't done an interview in so long because of the pandemic. But now that I'm saying these numbers, it's like, it's really cool, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been touring for 10 years. Last year, we took um, the year off because it was just really tough to to make a show happen during um, the, the heat of COVID. Um, but I'm about, I have two records out currently and I'm working on my third record. Um, and I'm working on that in Nashville. I am born and raised from Texas and I've been living in Texas my entire life. But right now I'm, te- I'm moving to Nashville. I just sold my land in Texas and I'm buying a house in Nashville and I'm doing, I'm doing things that like I could only dream of. And I'm just, I'm super grateful to live this life and I am so excited to be able to do what I love and play shows and bring all kinds of people together. And that's really why I love playing music um, is bringing all kinds of kinds together for a really good time. Well, for uh, somebody who writes a song called Sugar Rush, I would expect high energy, (laughs) but that's... Oh my gosh. (laughs) Go on. I'm sorry. No, yes, and I love that song. Sugar Rush is such a fun song. I, I actually um, did not write Sugar Rush. Um, I sometimes I, ha- I have a lot of friends that are writers as well, and we all share our songs with each other. And my friend Clara and Steve shared Sugar Rush with me, and um, the band Perry was supposed to cut it years ago, and they ended up not uh, recording it. And so they're like, I was like, oh my gosh, can I have that song? They're like, yes. And I was like, this song is so perfect for me. So yeah, Sugar Rush is a really high energy fun. Um, love song and I don't I for the longest time I've always had like this natural amount of energy and um, my whole life people are always with when I was younger you know folks were like what's wrong with you you have so much energy what are you on and I'm like I'm literally not even on coffee because coffee's too much for me <laughs> um, it's just a natural high of energy that I have and so having songs like Sugar Rush and stumbling through um, and being able to perform on stage is where like my energy and my truest self makes sense in society is performing on stage. So it's, it's a win-win, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I look forward to seeing you at the end of the month at Highway 30. And I know that Gordy told me when I interviewed him last year, um, he, he, your name was brought up as somebody who could not make it, unfortunately. And you explain, you know, given the pandemic and all that, uh, it's it's been tough. But let me ask you, uh, during this time, during COVID, what are the positives, since you couldn't go out and uh, perform shows, but what are the positives you think you could take uh, during COVID? Oh, my gosh. There are. <laughs> I love this question. This is a wonderful question, Billy. Um, there are so many positives. Um, like I said, I've been touring for 10 years. Um and I have not taken a break in 10 years. And, I've, and it were, if it were not for, you know, the forced break of COVID and really making it, like, extremely difficult to get any logistical um, team together for our tour last year, um, it was a much-needed break and a really great way for me to push reset on my brain and my mind and my body. I needed the rest. And the positive is that I've gotten that time that I needed to kind of sit back, look at the last 10 years and reflect and really 
you know, um, recalibrate where this, where my, my career is going next. Um, I was able to spend more time with my family, which I haven't really spent any time with my family since I graduated college. Cause I graduated, I was touring before I even graduated college. And so I got to see the birth of one of my nieces. Um, I got to, I went to everybody's birthday party last year. I never got to like hang out with my family. Um, and so that has been a major plus. And then on top of it, I have been writing new music like a machine. And uh, it is so cool to be able to, um, you know, to sit and write a record when I'm not like, you know, wheels underneath me rolling down the road. So, um, however, it was really painful to cancel our shows last year um, because we just couldn't make them happen. But it was so it was just a godsend and I'm so grateful for it. And it was such a hard time for so many people that um, I am just, I'm honored and so excited that I can, I personally am um, to come and, and bring a light um, and, and keep doing what I've been doing for so long and not giving up. Like, I think it was kind of COVID was a time for me to, to really ask myself, like, am I still going to be doing this? Cause I'm sure, you know, and a lot of people know, like the music industry is one of the most um, least forgiving industries um, on every account, as far as like being able to, you know, have a profitable business. Um, and, you know, so little of the industry is music. The majority of the rest of it is how to market the, the product, the music, which is crazy to talk about music, like a product, all that to be said, I'm really excited about <laughs> getting back on the road. And I am, I have like, I've slept a lot since my last show. It's been 16 months since my last show. My first show is this, uh, you know, is coming up soon. And then we're going to be there and, uh, for, for highway 30. And I'm just, I, my, I got a new bus. I, I bought a new bus. Like I sold my old bus. I had time to save some money and buy a new bus. So there's just a plethora of blessings and highlights of last year, given the pain and the suffering that everyone went through. Um, I feel so blessed and so lucky to be able to come out of this um, fully vaccinated and really excited to like recharge and like take the next step in my career and really give my fans and, and people of the world something to talk about and to come together by. You know, another thing that I'm, uh, I'm very happy about too, with this year's, um, Highway 30 is, see, last year, uh, you were only one of two female artists that were on the card. And, uh, unfortunately, like, like already mentioned by both of us with that, you couldn't make it last year. This year, there's, there's at least four or five female artists, uh, going to be performing this this year too so um yes Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> i'm very excited about that yes yes women in the industry you know taking you know getting their shot at it and you know what's good for one is good for all you know and that leads me to another question i i have asked uh, many times on this show but i'd like to get your personal opinion now, uh, we take the genres, uh, first off, the genre of country. Females in country have already established themselves very well, uh, dating back to the 50s with uh, artists like Patsy Cline, Tammy Wynette, uh, Loretta Lynn. 
but in rock and roll, it's it's been uh, quite a bit tougher, you might say, especially like uh, one of my favorite female guitarists of all time has to be uh, Lita Ford, and uh, a lot of people to this day do not know who she is. Uh, some will only know her for her duet with Ozzy Osbourne. It seems like it wasn't until the early 2000s when Evanescence burst on the scene that uh, females started uh, really getting the recognition that they deserve in rock and roll. And, you know, it's I thought it was a big bummer. Like Artists like uh, Joan Jett only recently got uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But in your opinion, uh, why do you think that is? like we've been seeing um, all over the world, like history um, is the best predictor of the future. That's what my therapist always says. Um, and what we, it, I think the reason why is because of like just the general idea of like suppression of minority, not even minorities because women aren't even a minority group, but um, suppression of women's suppression. I mean, it's, that's the end of the day. Like that's what it is. It's, that's where it stems that's where it stems from. Um, and it's still to this day, it's in country music. Like if you, it's not, it's, it's through, it's pervasive through everything. Um, and even though, yes, there are female artists in country music. Um, and you're right. As far as like the rock world, like Evanescence, um, I'm really good friends with the band Flyleaf. My bass player, Pat Seals was, um, the bass player for Flyleaf and they had a female lead singer and they had a platinum record and all these, um, wonderful things, but they definitely got to catch the, you know, I don't know if it's, this is the truth or not, but I'm, they were in that time frame of Evanescence and all of those bands coming together um, and, and having success. Um, but as far as the industry is concerned, I really couldn't tell you, you know, there's, there's like lots of reasons, but the main reason I would say is because of the suppression of women over like the course of time. And that's just, it's just going to have to, it takes, you know, time, slow change or change takes time slowly. Lasting change goes, moves slowly. It's like working out. Like if you are losing weight, like if you lose a lot of weight really fast, um, you are more often going to gain that weight back, you know, quicker. Um, but if you lose the weight slower over time, that, that change will last. So as far as getting more women in the music industry, um, you know, black women like Mickey Guyton, Guyton in, uh, in country music, she's definitely taking that by storm. Um, there's lots of voices that we haven't heard from in all genres of the music industry that I'm very excited to see um, change and conversations just the conversation like what we're having now is very important to do it's just important to talk about it it's important to recognize that there's some work to be done um and more importantly it's important for those creators those artists those women in the rock world country world um and people of you know all shapes sizes and colors and backgrounds to if they want to create music to make sure they do it and keep going and not giving up when somebody says that it's impossible for you to do it, which I've heard many times. And to that, I say it may be impossible for the person that's telling you it's impossible, but it's not impossible for the person that's actually doing it. So I think that change is coming. It's might, it's probably going to be slow, but the fact that it's coming is something to look forward to. 
(laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I agree 100%. And also, uh, getting back to Highway 30 a little bit, too, it seems like, uh, you know, Gordy brings on uh, uh, quite a few of the uh, local Idaho acts uh, into Highway 30, but it seems for the most part, he's bringing the state of Texas into uh, Highway 30. And I mean, we're talking... Great artists like uh, Colby Cooper, Colby Keeling, uh, Jade Marie Patek, Austin English, uh, Casey Thornton, yourself. All, how does that make you feel? Oh, very excited. I can't wait to see all of my friends. <laughs> It'll be really exciting. It'll be kind of like a little homecoming. Yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped. And I'm, I've been, you know, I think Shane Smith and the Saints, those guys, we have like, you know, cross paths the last 10 years touring, like just when they have van trouble, we have van trouble. And so, you know, seeing my brothers and my sisters and, you know, in the music world, I'm so excited and it's really great. Highway 30 is such a wonderful um, festival and such a great time. And I got to hand it to Gordy and Megan, like they are just, they are, you know, a family as well. And what my favorite part about their festival is how, welcoming they are to us artists and you know it's like you like we talked about just a second ago about you know women in the music and it's very difficult to convince body hey um let this can can we get a spot on your festival you've never seen our show before but i can promise you it's wonderful and the fact that they gave me a shot um and then you know as the festival keeps growing they're giving more women um spaces and places on their stage to to show their stuff. I am, I love um, Megan and Gordy. I, I love their family. I love the festival and it, it's something super. So I wish there were a hundred more humans, a billion people in the world, like Megan and Gordy that could, um, you know, they definitely to me a platform to grow. And um, it is, we just, you know, we wouldn't be where we are without them. So it's, it's amazing. It's such a great time. Yes, yes, I can only imagine too. I I do have to ask uh, out of some of the names that I have mentioned as well. Uh, aside from Highway Thirty, have you had the opportunity to share the stage with any of them elsewhere, or perhaps uh, places in Texas? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I've played shows with. Um, all of these guys, like in were some some form or another, Amarillo, um, Corpus Christi. Um, I've done music fest in uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado, with all of them. Um, if you can hear me, you faded out a little bit. I do apologize. Oh. <laughs> Gotta love technical oh. difficulties. Oh no, hold on. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Technical difficulties. Yeah, but anyways, yes. Yeah, so, so I've shared the stage with Jade Marie um, in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, um, for Music Fest there. Uh, Shane Smith and I have we played. I think those guys played more shows outside of Texas. Um, we have inside Texas and we've actually played a lot of shows in Idaho, like family Idaho. Uh, yeah. Highway 30, we've played together. It seems like it's 
um, so much fun. And yeah, we've played all over in Texas, Amarillo, Corpus Christi, you know, panhandle all the way down to the coastline. So it's, it's awesome. And, um, Texas is such a big state and that's why the Texas music scene is just a cool um, group of humans. You could tour this um, and be on the road for 12 hours still. <laughs> uh, Texas, uh, I, I don't think the word huge is uh, good enough to, ex- to explain it. Texas is enormous, especially when I had to take the drive from Texarkana to El Paso which seemed like oh, yeah. never ending. <laughs> you did. You took a long way through, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> well, oh, I love it. Yeah, with well, I mean stops in Dallas and Abilene, but uh, yeah, it just seems like um you know, it you're wondering at times if you're even in the same state that it, it's so large. It's true. It's true. There's we have all of the seasons, we have all of the terrain. <laughs> we've got well, we have uh, desert we have mountains we have valleys and gorges and it's it's such a beautiful state and you know i am i love i, I grew up in san antonio texas and um we really didn't when we were we can't in texas we really left the state i left the state was in college to go to germany with my parents for a, a work trip um, and what an eye-opening experience that was. And then once I uh, started touring, I've gotten to be able to tour all of the country or in Europe. Um, and my favorite thing about going other places other than Texas is that we get to bring Texas um, and my Texas heart to all these other places and share our state, our culture, um, our peace of, of heaven, of this earth with everyone else. And, um, and now, now I'm moving, um, out of Texas for my life, it's a little, uh, it's a little daunting. Um, and, you know, moving in, into Nashville, I've kind of fought it for my first 10 years of my career. Cause I'm like, I need to Nashville. Um, but the truth is, is that there are so many, you know, opportunities there that I really want to see, you know, where that, where that leads. And I'll always have texts. And um, my parents and my husband's parents are sad that we're going, but I'm, I just don't want to be, you know, another 10 years down the road and wonder what if I'd moved to, you know, Music City, checked it out. So I'm excited to check it out and see what happens. And in the meantime, we're still touring Texas and we're still touring and I'm still, you know, temporarily done from San Antonio, Texas. So none of that changes, right? Exactly. You know, and uh, coming from uh, somebody who's lived in Tennessee, I mean, um, I mean, Texas has definitely got its history with music, but uh I think Tennessee is where uh, where uh, the majority of uh, whether whether it be country or uh, especially R and B, that's where that's where the history lies. Because I I didn't live in Nashville; I lived in Memphis, but uh, mm. but Memphis, of course, is very rich with blues. You know, and, gosh, yeah. You know, I mean, and then you go over to Nashville, that's kind of the main history of country music. Then you go over further east into Knoxville, where you get more into the bluegrass roots. 
Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I, whew, it's so fun. Like there, you're right. There's just like, like different parts of our world have those different cultures that cultivate these different sounds. And it's so cool. I love it. It's like, we're all, you know, we're all like a big old casserole dish of musical taste. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, one of my, my uh, favorite uh, R and B artists of all time, uh, you might think would come out of Tennessee, but he didn't. He came out of Texas. Uh, that that being Stevie Ray Vaughan, and uh, oh. what I mean, I like what he did is uh, he combined the Chicago and Texas style of blues and made it his own. And uh, oh yeah, I mean just just an unforg- uh, unforgettable legend right there. Absolutely, you know, and then um, similar uh, similarly. Uh, uh, Leon Bridges is from Houston, Texas, and he is like, he's, he, in my opinion, like in the world of like John Le- Legend and all that. And Leon Bridges is got, he's got an incredible voice. He's from Houston, Texas. Lizzo, for example, is from Houston, Texas. Um, there's just a lot of people from Texas that are incredible artists, you know, and um, it's kind of like when I was talking earlier about the music industry and for me as an artist and my personal experience with it is like, you know, the, the part, the portion that's the music is like only a certain, a small percentage of what like the actual business is and the the majority of it's business. And so for artists like myself, and I'm going to put myself in this category of like the Lizzo's and the, and the Beyonce, who's also from Houston, Texas. And, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan and all of those things, like, you know, I've cultivated a sound here that's like in my heart, that's also, you know, from Texas. And then as far as the business is concerned, you know, the majority of that business is in Nashville, which is now it's like, okay, I've cultivated and marinated in a sound that I feel so strongly that won't change, um, no matter what some industry professional tells me what I need to do, Um, which is why I think like, right now is the right time to go and see what I can, you know, do in the world of the business for music in Nashville and um, see what, you know, my Texas heart sounds is going to do there. You know, who knows? It could be amazing. And that's like, you know, artists like um, uh, Leon Bridges and Beyonce and Lizzo all got, into the music industry in Texas and then took it to the places of the, where the business is happening, Atlanta, Georgia, LA, New York, and Nashville. So woohoo. Yes, that, indeed. Right? exactly. <laughs> Let's also not forget too. I mean, when we, we think of uh, Texas, a lot of people uh, think Texas, they think uh, country, but also uh, rock and roll and heavy metal. I mean, you got uh, Buddy Holly from Lubbock. That's you can't yeah. f- forget, and then of course Pantera originally originated in Texas, as did Wasp. So I mean, there's a lot of rock and metal out of Texas as well. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Speaking of that, one time we were playing in Lubbock, Texas, um, and Metallica was playing the same night in Lubbock, and uh, we had played Roswell, New Mexico, the night before, and we were touring back to through going back to uh, to Texas, and we played Lubbock. And the radio DJ in 
Roswell was like, oh, I'm going to see Metallica in Lubbock tomorrow night. And I was like, I want to see Metallica in Lubbock tomorrow night. And my man, my, my manager was like, you have a show in Lubbock tomorrow night. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, well, we'll play the show and then we'll go see Metallica after. And, and my, the radio guy, we couldn't make the show. So he ended up getting me a, a T-shirt from the Metallica like tour T-shirt and sent me some videos. And, man, I am like, I love, I love heavy rock and roll. That's where my, my like, the other side of my country roots are, are in, you know, classic rock, um, and then heavier stuff as well. Cause my husband came from the rock world and touring with, um, you know, bands like, uh, well, uh, what is it? Not, I'm th- thinking soul, but it's not soul. It's, uh, bleh, I can't think of it. Collect- it's not collective soul, but it's something like that anyways. But yes, it's amazing that I love that, you know, hard rock and roll and, um, it has it has a place here in Texas for sure, especially San Antonio. Growing up, there was always that kind of um, that kind of vibe going on in San Antonio. Pretty heavy, heavy sounds, nice grungy bass tones, <laughs> and thick guitar, thick guitar riffs, and heavy like stacked guitars. And I wish I could like do some of those like growls. I have a um, my a friend that has a vocal coach that taught them how to like do those growls and screams. I'm like, dang, I gotta. <laughs> I got to up my game and bring some growls and screams to country music. I think that's exactly what it means. (laughs) You know, one thing I can, I can tell about you that I really, really like too, is that uh, like a true artist should, you have an appreciation for all genres too. Even if you don't listen to that type of genre, you have a, have an appreciation for it and you take ideas and and mold your own style. Absolutely. Well, and that's kind of like how, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's, I grew up playing jazz music too. Like I, I uh, was a performance studies major on alto saxophone growing up. And, um, so I have a really deep appreciation for blues, jazz, um, and all that kind of music. And then my mom and dad have two different total styles of listening to music. So my, my mom's more of the rocker and my dad's more of the country guy. Um, and then somewhere in between that, like, there's just you know every every genre of music touches what it's like another one in some sort of way and there's ties to everything and so my favorite thing about um you know being able to create and to write and to record music is just that like what you said is creating my own sound based off of my um based off of what I've listened to growing up um and what I appreciate because there's just there's good in all of it and um, I just take the pieces that I like, and, and that's what I sound like. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yes. And another thing, too, for those who uh, attend uh, Highway 30 this year, I mean, I mean, there's a, a bit of a twist and a change, too. Like, one of the main acts is an 80s hair metal band. In, uh, oh, my gosh, I am so excited. N- yeah, Night Ranger. A lot of people... Yeah! <laughs> you know, and it was it was kind of kind of surprising too, because when I was at uh, Highway Thirty last year, <laughs> you know, I mean, I I saw people that I mean, country bands are hitting the stage, but yet people are throwing up horns, like they're at a metal concert. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that's I think that's perfect. I think that I, I keep telling Scott my favorite compliment, my Scott and my husband, I my favorite compliment ever for our show is that I don't like country music, but I like yours. And I was like, thank you. Because it's, I wouldn't, 
when I, when I like people ask me, uh, like they've never seen my show or they don't know that I'm like an artist or whatever. And they're like, Oh, you're in music. And I'm like, yes, I'm a musician. Uh, and they're like, Oh, cool. What do you, what instrument do you play? So that's how it always starts. Right. They ask what instrument I play. Like I play guitar and I play some other things too, but predominantly guitar and piano and, and then they're like, oh, well, cool. Do you like sing in a band? I'm like, yeah, I sing. I sing. Um, they're like, oh, are you like a backup singer? It's like, I sing. No, I sing like my own songs. <laughs> and then they're like, whoa, what kind of music do you sing? And for the longest time, I got to tell you, Billy, I didn't know how to answer that question because telling somebody, well, it's kind of country, but it's kind of rock and roll, it's kind of pop, it's kind of this, kind of that, is like takes too long to say. But finally, another thing that has come out of this pandemic, um, a really good thing is what I tell people when they ask me what my sound is like. And now I have the answer. And this is the first time I've ever said this on an interview, but my favorite way to now describe my genre is when somebody asks, asks me, what kind of music do you play? I'm like, I'm going to say the good kind. And then they're going to like, well, what's it sound like? And I'm like, mm, it's more a feeling than a sound. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yes. <laughs> it's more a feel. It's more absolutely. Like a absolutely. You know, that's, it's more like a feeling than a sound. It's, it's if you feel good at the end of my show, then I've done my job. I've done it, and I could die happy. And I've done that many times over and over again. And so, like everything now to this point in my life, I just see it as bonus, extra points. So I've already won. Um, I'm just excited to see how farther I can push this, push this thing and, and see where it goes and, um, keep developing my sound and, um, and learning about music and learning about people from all walks of life, because that's where the best, um, growth comes from, from everything, you know, growing musical sounds, growing our appreciation for all kinds of people in this world. It's a really great thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, aside from Highway 30, what else is on your upcoming agenda? Mm. Yes. So, after Highway 30, we've got some we've got some more shows. We're flying out the next, or not flying out. We're just driving. Our bus driver's going to do an overnight. But we're in Minnesota the day after Highway 30 um, for a festival with Tracy Bird, super far away. Um, but that's okay. It's going to be so fun. And then we have a show at Greeley Stampede in Colorado, um, on the 4th of July. And then after that, um, we're moving into our house in Nashville and in August, I will be recording my third record, um, with a really awesome, phenomenal producer. And, uh, and then after that, we'll be getting all of the product and the CDs and records and everything together for a big start of our next tour in January of 2022. So it's, it's exciting and giving my t myself and my team space and time um, with everything that we're doing moving forward is something that I've learned <laughs> over the last 10 years and also kind of like reflected on during COVID was that um, not rushing anything. And when I, you know, surrender to the process and let things happen, um, everything happens so much more naturally and more freeing and it's a much more enjoyable process. So I'm very excited. Um, cause we've, you know, we've got four shows. That's it this year. That's it. I'm just doing four shows and highway 30 is one of them. And then, um, I'm leasing out my bus for the rest of the year. And then we're going to go back out on the road in January 22 with new material and a new show and all the new. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, well, I got I just got to ask this, uh, just a couple more questions. Um, but I, I got to ask this question cause it's one of my favorites because I get crazy answers from this. Um, now this doesn't matter if, uh, you've, uh, you're playing some dirty dive bar out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, that holds a maximum capacity of about 25 people, or you're you booked out Madison Square Garden. Uh, what's uh, the craziest thing you think you've witnessed while performing? Oh, okay. Hmm. Let me think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of that. Um, well, I think in, in a, in a, oh my gosh, but so there's a venue in San Angelo, Texas called Blaine's pub. Mm-hmm. And, um, the stage is like right when you walk in, it's right to your right. And all of your, all of my sound equipment, all of my in-ear equipment is like right there by the door. There's no other place to put it. And so if somebody walks into the bar, they can like spill their drink on our sound equipment. Um, and the stage is just in this like little corner. Um, and so one time we were playing a show there and it was kind of like early on in my career, but I'll never forget it. This guy walks in and he sees the sound equipment and he looks at it and he looks at me and my band were on stage and he like gives us a thumbs up. Like he knows that nobody's supposed to stand over there by the stuff. And I'm like, Oh man, that's so nice. Like he's going to be watching our stuff. But then he starts like, moving the faders on our equipment like he knows what he's doing and then like blowing everybody out and the whole band's like oh my gosh what is happening and so my bass player jumps off the stage and like tries to grab this dude and then this guy throws a punch to my bass player and then um this other tour manager person that was working for us was in the bathroom at the time comes out handles the situation and then the same guy that was pushing the faders jumps on a table in front of the band tries to come after my bass player and then some other guy like gets him and then and then there's like this brawl that happens at the show like just like, it blows it just blows up like and it's this tiny little bar um i mean there's probably more of those scenarios that I just cannot think about right now. I, we definitely have seen somebody like fall asleep, like from being drunk, um, like on, like they tried, they like fell asleep. They're leaning on the stage, um, or leaning on a, a crowd barrier. I've seen that a lot. Um, you're always concerned with people. You're like, Oh my gosh, are they okay? Um, we've seen some lady like throw her baby up in the air, like an infant child, like oh my really high up in the air in the crowds. And, you know, it's just people having a real good time with them, with the all of it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, that's the first time I heard of somebody messing with the equipment. So, the, so that's definitely oh, yeah. a new one. <laughs> all yeah, right. that was a fun experience. <laughs> Final question. Um, let's say a group of kids ages 15 to early 20s approach you and tell you they're going to start abandoning they're going to get into the music business. What advice do you think you would give them? Uh, my advice would be, if you're going to be in a band, um, go and practice and play as much as you possibly can. Don't wait for it to be, don't wait for your show to be perfect. Go out there and play shows and grind it out. Go in the garage, play and, you know, get your songs to a point to where you're ready, you're, you're ready to perform them. And, 
If you love it, don't give up. Keep going. Keep flipping over those rocks that you're curious about what's underneath them because, you know, nine times out of ten, if you're curious about something and you, you know, you move forward with what your curiosity is, you're going to learn something. And maybe down the road, you find out that you don't want to be a touring musician, but you want to be a touring crew member or you want to be in the music industry in some different way. Um, my advice to them is to just go, my, my mom and dad say this phrase to me all the time, go ugly early, G-U-E, which means don't wait for it to be perfect. Um, I've never had a guitar lesson in my life and I taught myself. And so if there's something that you're interested in, you know, go after it with all that you have. It's going to take all that you have and then some, um, and with all of your heart and remember, remember to be kind to, to everyone you meet because you never know, um, who, you know, who's going through what, or who can, you know, either help you or whatever it is, just be kind, open your heart. And if, if it's what you want to do, never give up. I like that advice. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, I want to, yeah. th- I want to thank you so much uh, for joining the uh, sixth anniversary show of Outlaw Radio. Yes, six years is still going strong. I love it. Congratulations. That's phenomenal. I'm so honored. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. I mean, yeah, I want to represent Highway 30, but uh, you were also also perfect for the anniversary show. So, Um, well, thank you. I am, that is so cool. I'm, well, thank you for letting me jab your ears off. I am so excited to have an interview again. It's like life is blooming for yes. us all. Yes, indeed. So we're going to go to a uh, music set coming up uh, before we get get to that. Uh, by the way, I'm playing three more of your songs in that set. Uh, before, before we get to that, uh, want to uh, you go ahead and give yourself a plug. Where can the listeners find Kimberly Dunn? You got a website, uh, social media, Reverb Nation, iTunes, Spotify, and all that good stuff. Absolutely, yes. Everyone can find me on my website, KimberlyDunnMusic.com, and you can sign up for my mailing list there, and you can also see all of the um, links to my Spotify, which is just Kimberly Dunn on Spotify. Um, Follow me on Spotify. Uh, You can... Follow me on Instagram and Facebook. That's Kim Dunn Music, K-I-M-D-U-N-N Music. Um, and anywhere, you know, and listen to me on, on ra- here on the radio and just anywhere and everywhere you can and spread the good word about just all kinds of kinds of music. Yeah, KimberlyDunnMusic.com. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you in your future endeavors. And look forward to meeting you in person at uh, Highway 30. Absolutely, Billy. I am so excited. Thank you so much for your time. I'm just absolutely honored, and it's going to be one heck of a show. Yes. Oh, you said it right there. All right. You take care. You too. Thank you so much. Care. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the interview with Kimberly Dunn. Going to go to the first music set. Got three more songs by Kimberly Dunn. Plus, we got Boba Flex. And Jack Perrow in the mix. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. And if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, did you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? (laughs) 
portion of Outlaw Radio is brought to you by the new line of Fresno soaps, available soon in pumps or bars, because he just loves picking up the soap. New from Breath Wasters Records, the album you didn't know you were waiting for is finally here. Oh my, 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 my. The greatest hit of Fresno. Subtitled. I'm your prison bitch. All of your favorite Fresno routine, including these classic utterances. I have had sex with many girls. We were doing it so much one time in a store when we first met each other, and I masturbated so much that a bus stop, kind of stupid, but I got a herpes sore. She did flip a booger in my salad when we were eating at one of the restaurants when we first met each other. She is incredible. With his unoriginal style of babbling bullshit, no man has ever done more with less than Fresno. Bad Billy really has, um... Um, you know, this is Fresno, yes. The greatest hit of Fresno is available on two CDs, two vinyl LPs, or one single MP3 download. That didn't work. Buy it now before supplies last forever.
holes I bring the street beats to your festivals Jack's fucking back again with some fancy flows When I make the meat sizzle in your testicles I don't test the O's God bless their souls It's quite hectic The skeptical hits the rounds The authentic Die fucking oog in die pyramide Plus for the vieren Kom betoog so my wille dieren Vaas jou maniere Ach, is no excuse Toch want die smos fucking Jack Barrow Waar die beat go TikTok meneer As a brief stop is hier I'm all soek meer alweer As ik skeer dier jou dieren Dier geweer a keer Ek beheer alweer die laat Soos een kant toe Am al prijs die fucking wit Want toe beland toe verbrand toe Al my kopskerms En fuck al jylle fucking Poesie fucking popsterren Dark for us, but the heart 
no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at huntermma.co.za gear up and let's train What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour un 
uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. How to advertise effectively on the radio. First, get their attention. Hi! Next, mention the product's name. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Use repetition. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Sound believable. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Or use in a catchy jingle. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! La 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 la! Throw in a subliminal message. Bye! Sexy. Cabot! Sexy. Sharp! Naked cows. Cheddar! Indoor bowls. Or a testimonial. I lacay Cabot Sharp Cheddar because... No, that's like... I like... I mean, all these years I've been saying lacay... Tell them where they can buy it. Your grocer's dairy section. Where you buy cheese. Followed by the phone number. Non-applicable. Insert a sound effect for emphasis. Wow, that Cabot Cheddar is wicked sharp. And if all fails, bribe the listening audience. <laughs> buy Cabot Sharp Cheddar and win a billion dollars. With a disclaimer. Not available in all areas. So when you put it all together. People will know if you like extra sharp cheddar. Sexy. You'll love Cabot All Natural Sharp Cheddar. Naked cows. Save the dates and get ready. Highway 30 Music Fest 2021 will rock the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. June 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th. Enjoy good food and drink, country music, Americana music, rock, and red dirt. Artists performing on Friday, June 25th, Austin English. One thing I'll never ask of you. Gotta promise not stop when I say when. Colby Cooper. Cannonball. Co Wetzel. And more. Sponsors of Highway 30 Music Fest 2021 include Bud Light, Falls Brand Independent Meat Company, and the Rob Green Auto Group. Have a blast while helping organizations and families in need. Highway 30 Music Fest will take place rain or shine. To order tickets and for more information, visit hwy30musicfest.com. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit, fuck the fucking shit, fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck shit, the shit, fuck shit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Kimberly Dunn with Forever on the Run. Before that, Jack Perro with Trouble in Paradise. And yes, for the past six years, we have been using that song for our intro. Before that, Kimberly Dunn with Traffic. Prior to that, Boba Flex with Bury Me With My Guns On. And starting off the whole set, Kimberly Dunn with Sugar Rush. All right, in just a little bit, you're going to hear the face-to-face conversation I had with the one and only John B. Wells. Yes, the one that uh, I recorded at the... Red Pill Expo in Rapid City, South Dakota. Before I get to that, it is time to reveal... 
The Outlaw Radio, Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is uh, Lyric Matthew Wynn. Yeah, that's the name, Lyric Matthew Wynn. He is from Lockhaven, Pennsylvania. What did he do? Uh, He burst into a police station and demanded his drugs back. So the police confiscate something that is illegal for you to possess, and you go in and demand it back. Now, <laughs> oh, what an idiot. Yes. Oh, making himself even look guiltier by doing that bullshit. Anyway, let's go to Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk with the one and only John B. Wells at the Red Pill Expo in Rapid City, South Dakota. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk. I just want to tell you that America is the greatest place on earth. We will make America great again. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk starts now. All right, live at the Red Pill Expo, I am sitting next to the one and only John B. Wells, host of Caravan to Midnight. It's good to talk to you face-to-face, in-person. How have you been? Oh, just pretty good. Pretty good. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing red pill. The, uh, there have been six of them. This is number six. So I don't know what number the, uh, the one at Bozeman was in 2017. I think it was the 23rd and 4th, maybe, of uh-huh. June 2017, but uh-huh. the speakers here are amazing. I mean, these people are absolutely astounding. Richard Gage has been here. Uh, Dr. Shiva. I call him Dr. Shiva. That's his first name. Ayodurai, Ayodurai, yes. and uh, oh, good lord! Just so, so many people, and 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 the audience is so receptive; they want to hear this stuff. And uh, Mary Toko was up, and just and G. Edward Griffin, of course, did a spectacular speech. Yes, and it's just excellent; it really is. And and people should really plan to uh, attend the next one if they can, because it's worth it's worth every bit of the time and trouble that you'll take to, to be here and the time that you'll spend getting here and the time that you'll spend here it is worth it I'm telling you absolutely absolutely I haven't had the chance to uh, really take in some of the speakers but uh, I did spend a few minutes in there and I can tell that every minute you spend in there is is worth every penny you you may pay or every just every every minute of it you're in there is worth it for sure um, I just want to sidestep a little bit, John. I want to talk a little bit about Caravan to Midnight because recently some changes have been made since the last time you were on my show. I just want to ask you, you know, I mean, separating Caravan to Midnight from Arc Midnight uh, for, a, for the longest time, Caravan was basically available on your website. Um, it was at that time 100% uncensored. And p- you had some people speaking their mind. And uh, either way, now that you're syndicated, you're, you're following FCC regulations, either way, I don't care. It's still good stuff. Doesn't matter. Um, but uh, let's talk about the syndication deal that uh, you got. It was like a really big break for you. Yeah, well, 
maybe I could just clarify, uh, clarify a couple of things, and that is um, you, nothing is censored. The only yeah. thing we censor is we just tell them when we go over the terrestrial airwaves, yes. you know, don't drop any of those bombs. Yeah. Because if you do, the engineer gonna, is going to hit the button and it's going to erase the last eight seconds that you spoke. And there might be some gold in there, so you don't want that. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, sometimes, and it's really more of a compliment than anything else. But sometimes, especially if I'm talking with a real firecracker of a military guy, mm-hmm. he doesn't even know he said it. He's just into the conversation. And he's comfortable and he'll talk. And every once in a while an S-bomb will slip out. We haven't had an F-bomb come out, but we had a couple of S-bombs come out. And uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we just, just nipped it very quickly. And, and the content of his, uh, of his sentence wasn't lost. So, you know, it's uh, been quite something. But just to bring people up to speed, for a while it was strictly video. Yeah. And we tried to do, um, we tried to do five nights a week. And it was like, oh boy. Because it was wearing the crew out. It really was. Because we'd have two guests on. And they might each go two hours, maybe even longer. And it was really, I mean, it was wearing on them. And the editors and everybody were going, oh, man, really? Yeah. They weren't complaining, but I could tell they were taking strain. Nobody complained. Nobody yeah. complained. So then we thought, all right, let's do this. Let's go four nights a week. And then let's do a fifth program. Because it started off four nights a week. Then we went to five. And it's like, five's too much. Well, they're used to five now. Okay, we don't want to let them down. So, <clears throat> Brendy said... You're going back on the air. It's time. You're going to terrestrial radio. So we did. And that was our little baby. That was uh, Ark Midnight became our baby. We were going to call it Caravan to Midnight. And looking back on it now, just to avoid confusion, because it's easy to generate these days, we probably should have called it Caravan to Midnight. But I was always talking about that mothership stuff over at uh, at Coast to Coast, because I thought it was funny, you know, and people kind of liked it. Probably a couple of people hated it and thought it was stupid, but we we thought it was cool. So I thought, all right, we've been doing this long enough. We've got to have a spaceship. What should we call it? And then I thought of that World War II aircraft carrier, the Ark Royal that got sunk. Yeah. And uh, I thought, it'll be Ark Midnights. So that's what it is. If you notice those UFO pictures that they take of those Navy guys, one of them looks like the Ark Midnight. It's ridiculous, you know. You know, you got your Tic Tac, and then you got that black one that looks kind of like a mushroom with a with a little stem coming down. It's kind of yeah. tilted to the left a bunch. It looks just like the Ark Midnight logo. And Brendy says, "Don't say anything about that. They'll think you're part of a conspiracy." It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like, <laughs> I, by the way, I love uh, your catchphrase out of the light of the. Or what is what does he say? The beginning of almost each show. Out of the light of the deep range and into the, into the light of the deep strange or something like that? Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, I'll tell your audience the source of that idea. Uh-huh. Half of it was uh, from Arthur C. Clarke. He wrote a book, uh, a story one time called The uh, the Deep Range. And I thought, out of the dark of the deep range and into the light of the deep strange. So I'd put on the second part. Yeah. And that's what we do. But... Uh, but before it was uh, from an undisclosable location for reasons of security and therefore insecurity. <laughs> and that was the truth because I was up on the 15th floor of a building with a bunch of people between me and anybody who wanted to come to the front door. Because yeah. it got a little bit weird back then. I was talking with somebody earlier at Red Pill about, uh, you know, first it was Philip Marshall. And that was that was a hit. Yeah, that yeah. was a hit. I mean, they got his teenage daughter, his teenage son, him and his dog. Yeah. And I never saw such a dossier on anybody's life that was as dense as Philip Marshall's put uh, put together by a, the local sheriff. I mean, it just went on for page after page. I mean, the only thing that was missing was what kind of toothpaste he used. And I thought, that's an awful lot of background for this to be just a murder-suicide deal. Mm-hmm. 
Then a little while later, Michael Hastings gets blown up in that bomb blast in his Mercedes. That was never satisfactorily explained, but we know exactly what that was. That was a hit. And I remember going on a coast to coast and going, well, that's two. So I thought, you know, maybe we'll just put a little distance between us and the street. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'd I'd like to know, is there ever going to be a chance that uh, you're, uh, and the name just slipped my mind, but uh, uh, the the British lady that uh, you you had on... uh, on caravan before now i can't remember her name for the life of me at, at the moment i need to say it it escapes my mind but uh a british woman the the british woman yes what does she do what's her job uh she, let's just say uh one of her nicknames was uh what the angry ellen degeneres or um she she's a jur- she's a journalist um are you talking about the biggest bitch in britain yes katie Katie Hopkins. There yeah. we go. Yeah, there yeah. we go. No, we don't call her that. She calls herself that. Yeah, but um, you know, is there ever a chance that you'll get a chance to talk to her again on the terrestrial waves? I certainly hope so. Although the time difference is not going to work for us because uh, yeah. you know when we fall back, uh, they're six hours ahead. When we spring forward, they're five. So if we come on at nine, she can talk to us at either two a.m. or three a.m. her time. Yeah. in the UK so that'll be a little rough on her but more than that um, and I want everybody to know about this there was this bastardo uh, and his name's Scott Balson and uh, he caused some real problems I'm, yes and uh, and when this uh, you know when the big lockdown started happening and all this crazy stuff was going on with the South African government uh, he was accusing uh, this guy named Duras Kaspari yeah. of being duplicitous and he wasn't uh, and and all of this and it just makes made so much noise it started to blow back on Katie so we thought we'd just chill out on that for a while yeah in the meantime uh, Nigel Farage who's really good in the locker room but he's pretty weak when he puts his spikes on says uh, regarding South Africa well I did, there's nothing that can be done yeah. well, it's like oh well I, I hate to say this but uh, I was uh, interviewed on Scott's show but that's bef- that was before I knew the truth of him yeah. yeah, you know, I, I appeared on Loving Life, you know, and I answered his questions when it comes to South Africa and all that, but I didn't see the real him at the time. Yeah, there are freaks all over the place, and then they come in various forms. Yeah. And, but when you hear a recording uh, with the, some EFF guys, some economic freedom fighter guys talking about he just wants more money, that didn't sound very good. That yeah. conversation was highly suspect to me. And, it, yeah. and uh, of course, he's South African, but he went to Australia. Yes, I and, knew that. And uh, and then he bashes uh, any effort to help the South African people. And when I ripped his AWS that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I asked him, what have you done for the South African people? And the answer is nothing. Yeah. I so. mean, I can't say I've done a lot myself for the South African people. I've done what I can. And Earth's Roots just told me, you don't you don't need to donate money you don't need to come over here and and join in the fight i need you to sit back and talk about it and that's all i've done i feel, but i sometimes feel that that's not enough yeah well it's a mess and it's a and it's a well-funded mess and uh and for people who embrace the concept of illuminati and uh, the globalists and all of that stuff yes. which of course we know both those things exist then um this is all done by the same outfit that did it to Russia and China and India and Brazil and Canada and that is the British government 
And, you know, you had a recent guest on you. We heard him twice in Graham Moore. And uh, I admire that man because I, I hear him distinguish British from English. And uh, he said, you know, the English had the morals. Uh, our constitution is based off of English ideas, not British. Well, the British don't have a constitution. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Our, our, our constitution was drafted from the English constitution. And uh, Graham Moore says that that's the, uh, that the Brits hate them, the English. And that's the last colony that they want to claim and hold on to. So it'd be safe to say, too, because honestly, if you ever bring Katie Hopkins back and to have a, a roundtable discussion with Graham Moore, that would be priceless. But I'd say Katie Hopkins, we, we can't classify her as British. She, too, is English. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she's done some awfully good work, and she's put herself in pretty dangerous situations in furtherance of the truth and you know they detained her at Johannesburg after yes. she did the, uh, the documentary on the farm murders down there and, and eventually enough pressure was brought to bear to let her go it could have been bad you know and I know you've spent more significant time in South Africa than I did I was only there for three days and uh, you realize that I had I couldn't go anywhere there without an armed guard when I was there because I was, of course, under the, the really rich people brought me over and sent me back, and the, the and I really couldn't go outside of my hotel under their instructions, and I get had to get in the car with an armed guard. Yeah, I believe it. What year was that? 2012. Yeah, yeah, it was getting rough over there by then. I first started going over there in 1984 to do cigarette commercials for the yes. Lexington brand, and uh, you could go to uh, any gun store you wanted. Uh, we stayed in Cape Town because Stellenbosch is right up the road where uh, Rockman's yeah. was based. And uh, you just get any gun you want. And if there was something you wanted that you couldn't get, you know, they, they'd fix us up. But we, we went pretty far into the bush looking around at things. In fact, I crossed over into Mozambique on the very day that the 16 or 17 year long civil war ended. Which yeah. is kind of strange, being able to step over the line and... Uh, yeah, see, all and I didn't get an African experience, you know. I would have liked to seen the savanna and the animals and all that. No, I went from the airport to Carnival City and then back. Yeah. And uh, considering I was living in Las Vegas at the time, Carnival City is a major casino outside of Johannesburg. So, go go figure. I go from Casino City just to a casino in Africa. It was meant to be, obviously. You know. But I'm not going to say I didn't have a good time. But to me, it's just that my, my experience, you go to one big city, you, you've been to them all. The only difference in Johannesburg was the driver was on the other opposite side of the car, and we were driving on the opposite side of the road. Yeah. It's, uh, well, we got, we, uh, we got to see a lot of stuff over there. We yeah. really did. We, uh, we flew into a place called Skakuza uh-huh. in a DC-3 called the Wild Goose. And that thing was cold, too, flying at any kind of altitude at all. I mean, there wasn't any heater back there. You could see light around the door, you know, <laughs> around the cargo entry door. And, uh, and we, we, took a, you know, we took a combi all over and went up to uh, Namibia and uh, a little farther north than that even. Oh, I should not leave out one detail of my trip there. I got the very unique opportunity of being there when it snowed 
Oh, really? Yeah, you know, we were there in the winter during the winter months, and uh, yeah, and uh, Table Mountain was covered with snow, and it was. Uh, in Cape Town, it was really quite something. It was yes. it was charming. It was beautiful. The food was great. The people were lovely, and crime was under control. And then, yeah. then the communists let all hell break loose. And now it's nothing but murder everywhere you go. And that's the plain truth of it. And people who talk about apartheid, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I it know. It was never about separating black from white. It was about separating the tribes from each other. And at the in the end, Lesotho and Botswana they went nah we don't want to be part of your South African exactly. Union at all we're just gonna we were set up with our own territory <clears throat> we're keeping it and you know they've got a good standard of living there but the rest of it is chaos and it's uh, it's really sad because it just gives you an idea how much power the mainstream media has if they lie and they tell it to enough people it becomes the truth I and mean, the actual truth doesn't matter anymore and what people don't realize too is uh, during the apartheid era you know, you see it all over TV, whatever. They're just going after black houses, black residents, whatever. They were going after white people just as equally. A lot of people don't know that, but they were. Yes, absolutely, positively. Yes. Well, you know, we spoke with, uh, oh, what's her name? Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. She calls herself a Ugandan princess. She was born in Uganda. Her daddy was a preacher. I remember they, they, her. They arrested him in the middle of the night and kept him a couple of days and, and uh, finally let him out. And they split yes. real quick. I mean... He didn't threaten yes. anybody. He was a passer. Another thing, too, I'm just uh, shifting gears a little bit uh, before we run out of time, is uh, I want to thank you on the air personally for bringing uh, Nate Sylvester, who's uh, out of my neck of the woods. I haven't met him personally yet. That's coming. But uh, thank you for bringing him on the show and hearing... Uh, what he had to say and sadly he's been let go from his job but I think I told you when I called you on Naked Lines what part of Idaho he was patrolling in which is like I said if Idaho had underwear Blaine County would be our skid mark yeah yeah he was out of uh, he was doing a deputy marshal out of what was it Bellevue Bellevue yeah which is part of the Ketchum Sun Valley area yeah yeah that was tough but you know, he's one of those good spirits that's going to do the right thing. And he's going to tell the truth. He's going to tell it fast. And he did. And, and I, uh, they said, well, this wasn't for any... I mean, they claimed it wasn't for mm-hmm. any political reasons. Like, really? Well, he was an exemplary officer, so why don't you tell us why you fired him? Oh, We're not going to do that. Go to one of his latest videos on TikTok, and he says, now that I'm not wearing a badge anymore, you're going to hear from me a lot more. Excellent. I look yeah. forward to that. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So uh, let's uh, talk about, uh, you know, we're putting this uh, Red Pill Expo. We're about to wrap it up. Going in the future, Caravan to Midnight just looks bright for you. I'm optimistic about the future. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, and the time to talk about it is now. Yes. And I want to say also, New Eden. I take it uh, once every morning, take it before I go to bed, and I've, ne- I've felt a lot better since then. You know, I decided that uh, I give, you know, I've been wearing my hair like almost military short for a long time, and I decided, you know, I'm just going to grow this stuff out. But look at what this new Eden did. You see what's on the side there. You see what color yeah. that is. But look at, look at the top. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, my my hair's growing back. You uh, don't want to do like me, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> I like being bald. So let me see that again. <laughs> well, you never can tell, man. Yeah. Uh, you taking the new Eden? Don't be surprised if, uh, if it starts growing. How long have you been on it, by the way? 
Uh, uh, since, uh, I'm, I'm going to say almost uh, four months now. Oh, yeah. Well, you've been on it for a year. Yeah. Be, you may be really surprised what happens. But uh, my, my beard is uh, growing in uh, a lot better than I, you know, I've grown beards in the past. But this one is the the healthiest beard that I've ever grown. I'm growing it out for my dad. I'll tell you, it's a it's an amazing product, and uh, Dr. McDaniel is an amazing individual. He's just yes. uh, he's on the trail, and he didn't let anybody stop him. But he took a beating for what he what he came up with professionally, you know. Yes. But uh, he is he has produced a product that is unsurpassed, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, better sleep, better energy, better hair, better nails, better skin. Better attitude, clearer mind, better oh, eyesight. Man, People, you, you know, somebody joking. called recently, and you know who this is, um, who said, um, "You would know if I told you it is." He said that uh, his insulin that he's required to take every day is, is less than half now what he was taking. And a woman the other day sent a uh, a, a letter, and she said that uh, she had a checkup, and her diabetes is gone. Now, this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, but me and my crew take it every day, all day, and, uh, well, a couple times a day, I do, and it'll work for you. It is not a nutritional supplement. It's actual nutrition, and it's good, and it's working for people, and that's, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. If it doesn't work for people, if it doesn't help them, if it does not make them happier, healthier, I don't want anything to do with it then. I'm certainly not going to sell it to them. You know? Yeah, and just don't, don't take the way, speaking of diabetes, don't take the way of... Uh, somebody I know of by the name of Scott Ferrozo. I mean, props to him. What happened to him? Um, yeah, he had diabetes, and then one day he's cutting his lawn with an old-fashioned lawnmower, and he cuts his foot really bad, which leads to a staph infection. Oh Lord! Which leads to a surgery he has to have. But out of the doom and gloom, he no longer has diabetes after this surgery. But still, I wouldn't recommend that route. No. No. Well, did he? Did he? He didn't lose his foot, did he? Part of it. Yeah, that's but he tough. can still walk today. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. No, no, that's that's too radical a cure. Yes, <laughs> that's a little too radical even for us, right? Uh, yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, we are out of time. But uh, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, plug your website, plug Caravan of Midnight. Vocal Now is the best way to go for live streaming as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it is. We're trying to integrate the Telegram chat group there. Yeah, but that they, too. But those, uh, those two uh, algorithms are kind of, con- they're in conflict with each other. So we got some smart people working on it. We'll work it out. But we'll stream it over uh, We'll stream it over YouTube while we may, but our home platform is vocalnow.com. And that's but, V-O-K-A-L, now.com. And you'll always find us there. By the way, I will say also that it was my pleasure to help you and Brindy when Brindy's channel got struck and I decided to bring my channel up there because I never used my channel so if it gets struck I didn't care right so it was my pleasure to help you out for that short period of time to do that too appreciate it you know I was talking to somebody that went over to DLive and they were happy with that and then just a few days later they said well we got kicked off of DLive too so yes. I don't know what's up <laughs> with these outfits but uh, we know the vocal now is steady but remember folks it's vocal with a K and I still recommend get your membership to Caravan to Midnight. Uh, only $60 a year. Do it. It's worth it. Almost 1,600 programs in archive plus the Arc Midnight radio program. So it's almost 2,000 programs. I think yes, they'll, they'll find it's well worth the investment. You'll love the conversations. Well, John, it was great meeting you in person. It's great talking to you in person. I want to wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors because we're going to continue to help make this grow. Right back at you. Thanks so much for having me on. You Take bet. care, Billy.
Take care. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the face-to-face -face interview I had with John B. Wells at the Red Pill Expo in Rapid City, South Dakota. Time to go to the next music set. Coming up, we have, of course, uh, I'm going to put a song in there by John B. Wells. Uh, then we got Anchored with Snoop Dogg, Sepsis, Gina Serrano, and a classic from Man of War. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. <laughs> To take flight We were only dancing Making love has never been a crime A dance in the sun As we made another run Had a chance To be happy for a while
Lexington, from Riggio Tobacco Corporation of New York, alive with flavor. For an honest-to-goodness American blend that's alive with real flavor, friend, you can't smoke better than number one, so man, relax without Lexington. Lexington, that's the one. For after-action satisfaction, blended here for rich, real tobacco flavor, Lexington has got it all. Lexington, that's the one. Anchor. Big Snoop Dogg. Oh, boy. Pass me my moonshine, nephew. <laughs> yeah. You're about to witness something you never thought you witnessed before. Oh. Rock out with your motherfucking cock out. Go, 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 go. Rolling in the town to see all my friends. Hit a bottle of Jack and a few dead ends. Till I hit the finish line I never quit Yeah, this another hit Oh, bitch, nigga I created this I made a grip and took a chip And roller coaster took a trip And take a picture Look at this Look at this And you can see what I see I mix a bag of that coffee With a sack of that weed I enter through your mind And put you at ease And you can tell it Cause it smell like a gang of Christmas trees Compelling to read See, I'm a felon indeed I like my weed with no seeds Break down it's to throw down, go down, you know how we roll. You ain't gonna end the dog, bro. Hello,
apologize for the woman I am I work real hard for the things I have Just doing the best I can Sometimes I drink too much And I get real loud But I live the life I want Ain't nothing holding me down If that's all a little too much for you Just keep on moving down the road Cause I ain't got nothing to prove I've lived with all my heart And had it stopped on the ground I've laughed so hard until I cried Hit my knees when I'm feeling down I don't make no excuses for the things I've done And I'm proud, yeah, I'm proud Of the woman I am I may not be the kind you'll see on your TV screen but it took me such a long time to love the woman I see Can't tell you that I don't have any regrets But I take them all as lessons learned And keep them in the past You don't have to like me, I understand But that don't mean I'm gonna change Just to make you care I've loved with all my heart and had it stopped on the ground
In South Africa, genocide of white people, black-on-white violence, is rampant and ongoing. The South African mainstream media has kept this genocide hush-hush, and South Africa's politicians have been silent about it. It's time for the silence to end. Enter USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. 
USAC Incorporated comprises groups and individuals around the world working together to create public global awareness of the genocide in South Africa and to develop community restoration programs that will make South Africa a safe place for all races to thrive. To join USAC and for more information about USAC and what you can do, visit USAC.center. That's U-S-A-C dot center. USAC, working to bring back a safe, truly unified South Africa. This is The Renegade Show. You have three different scenarios here, and I'll give them to you. No, I said scenarios, not Cheerios. Coming to you coast to coast and around the world on your favorite radio station. How did you get Cheerios from scenarios? All right, it's time for the Renegade Pick of the Week countdown. Here we go, counting it down all the way to number one. Who farted? Yeah, we like to welcome you to the Renegade family. Does anybody even remember Doogie Hauser? I think it's fair to warn you that by listening to this show, you're committing a misdemeanor in four states. Three children are asking their parents where babies come from. Two children run away, and one mother ends up crying by the end of the show. This is the Renegade Show. Go to Facebook.com slash Radio Chris Master to find out days, times, and stations of where you can catch the Renegade Show. Left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho want to indoctrinate Idaho kids from cradle to college, teaching them hate America propaganda that white people are inherently racist, gun rights are evil, and it's okay to swap genders. Idaho state representatives will vote soon on Senate Bill 1193 that would give $6 million to a leftist organization that teaches this nonsense to Idaho's youngsters. You can stop this. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org. Join the fight against Idaho Senate Bill 1193. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including water purification by Berkey, delicious long-term storable food by My Patriot Supply, the New Eden Nutritional Support System, the Ionic Toothbrush System, a better way to clean your teeth, the Invisible Mask, a negative ion generator, that hangs from your neck like a pendant that mitigates incoming pollution. The high ion bio-key quantum scalar energy pendant, EMF mitigating fabrics and clothing, and some really cool infrared night vision binoculars. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live. Entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Some of the best blends from around the world, including Serato and Grindhouse Brew. Visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. Building in a little hip town. This is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in the mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! 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 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train, and USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Man of War with Battle Hymn. Great classic. Before that, Gina Serrano with The Woman I Am. Before that, Sepsis with To Write Hate in His Arms. Before that, Anchored with Snoop Dogg and Throwing Down. And starting off the whole set, John B. Wells with Our Fandango. All right, moving right along. Yes, want to get to the interview with one of my favorite fighters of all time, Eric Butterbean Esh. Here is Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Boxing. It'll be scored as a knockout. It's all over. We've got a brand new heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. Kickboxing. Martial Arts. Professional Wrestling. And apparently Hell in a Cell match is officially underway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Knuckle up and throw down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion, it is my pleasure to welcome the man, definitely no myth, the legend, Eric Butterbean Esh to the show. Butterbean, how you doing? Doing great. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining the show. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh... Get, getting into the interview here. Uh, first off, I, w- I want to ask you is uh, when when it came to uh, combat sports and got got into uh, boxing and you got into MMA as well. But uh, what were your early inspirations to do it in the first place? Well, I started in the tough man contest, and uh, then they pretty much kicked me out of tough man, so I went pro and then had my run out and done a pretty pretty successful career of it. Yes, yes. I mean, and then the MMA, how it happened, uh-huh. well, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Mark Coleman, that, that fights MMA. He's a legend in the MMA world. And I said, you know, I might think about doing that one day. Next thing I know, I got 25 promoters from all over the world calling me. Yes. Well, definitely. So within a month after that, I was in Japan fighting. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, you had that that fight uh, with Genki Sudo that uh... – Got it. Um, well, the first one was against Fujimoto. Oh, really? Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, d- I never knew about that one. That's not even listed on your record. But how did how did that one go for you? Well, I stopped him in like the first uh, thirty seconds of the fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, I want to definitely uh, start off though uh, talking about the tough man days because I I got to be honest with you, I fought in a similar type of competition where I wore 16 ounce gloves, 
But uh, my, yep. mine was uh, my mine of course was headgear in one minute rounds, and uh, yeah, I, I had about uh, five bouts uh, doing that myself. But uh, for- well, a lot of the a lot of the ones I had was in had you had to wear headgear. Oh, really? Really? That's yeah, the tough man. Yeah. So, uh, from what I understand, too, you had to make a you had to make a certain weight to 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 fight in that, and you, and uh, you did it in a, such a short amount of time. Correct. Yeah, and that's where I get the nickname. Yeah, because your diet consists of chicken and butter beans the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, was there a time you got sick of that and just wanted a burger or a steak or something? Oh, big time, big time. But, you know, you can't, you got three, four guys that's all rooting for you and, you know, you don't let them down. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Sometimes you got to make sacrifices. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You you want to achieve a goal. There are sacrifices you have to make for sure. So, um Right. Yeah, um, would you say when it when it comes to everything you've done though, uh, look from what I've seen, you know, uh, the the tough man contests or anything like the tough man contest, like the the bout against uh, Bart Gunn, those uh, when you had the most fun, it seems like. Uh, I had fun with all of it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Yes, <laughs> yes, and uh, how many? Was it uh, only one title before you went pro, or how many t- uh, Tough Man titles did you win before going no, pro? No, I won eight, 18 different Tough Man championships. Interesting. 80 something fights, yeah. I mean, I was like one of the top guys in the, you know, in, in the Tough Man. Yes. By far the most winning Tough Man champion ever. Yes. And then, of course, uh, I think you had to appreciate the paydays from uh, professional boxing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. One thing I, I I read in or I heard in a documentary about you is that uh, you had uh, some trouble with your stamina early on, but uh, never have, never have. Yeah. See, that's that's the that's thing. That's one of those little things on the, you can't believe half stuff on the internet. We're working on a documentary right now. We've been working on it for over a year before COVID hit, but it put a little kink in it. But yeah, it's going to be a pretty big, big pretty good sized documentary. That's that's one thing is uh, when they said that I'm I'm like what because I watched you go ten rounds with Larry, yeah, I've never had, Larry Holmes and you and you were barely breaking a sweat. Never had a problem with my stamina. Yeah. Now, what, what would you say? Um, what would you say was uh, is the key factor for for you as somebody? I mean, so if somebody's to look at you, they might uh, predict you you don't have good stamina, like uh, tank, like Tank Abbott has horrible stamina. But for you, you did Tank. You did, tank, you know, if you, if you look at Tank, he's got pretty. You know, he runs marathons. Yeah. So Tank has pretty good stamina. He just goes 100 miles an hour. I mean, that'll tire anybody, no matter what condition you're in. Yeah. People don't realize that about Tank. He he's got great stamina. He runs he runs you know thirty mile marathons. Uh, so basically, what would you say? Uh, <clears throat> the part of the secret to your success in that area is is just uh, ta- good genetics. Yeah, good genetics. Also, it does seem too that uh, uh, you know you're not as aggressive as you are with a tough man bout or something. You take your time a little bit. 
but uh, wait for your wait for that opportunity to land that big shot. So, oh, without a doubt, I don't mind. I don't mind taking a couple to give one. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> That's one thing I noticed about you too. You seem to to enjoy taking a couple on the chin, and it ex excites you. <laughs> well, get some get some where they're feeling comfortable. Yes, indeed. You know, and I just spoke of Tank Abbott. Uh, you know, how would you have felt if, to have a fight with him, whether it be boxing? Well, we were or actually him? booked. To, we were booked to a fight. Uh, me and Tank are actually good friends. Um, we were actually booked to fight at one time, but the, the money people never, it all fell through. We both got a little bit of money out of it, but it never happened. Yeah. Oh, man. What a shame it didn't, too. What a shame there, because that would have been something special to watch. It would have been a hell of a brawl. Yeah, without a doubt. Yes. Yes. I want to definitely talk about uh, one of your fights uh, that, I, that I watched. One of my favorite knockouts from you. Uh, was your first fight against uh, George Lindberger. I mean, you you just uh, demolished him in, what, less than a minute. And then you're, then you're uh, yelling at the camera, don't piss me off. Well, did he say what that? happened? What happened? With, what, what happened with him? Yeah. Is he, he stopped me for about 10 fights. I didn't realize I was watching videos and, and pictures that, and seeing him in the background lurking at fights. Uh -huh. He was telling all the media how I'd been ducking. I didn't know who he was. And then at the press conference, he tried to get in a fight with me at the press conference. So I just had to show him, you know, look, I'm the dominant one to do out of the, us, you know, so. Oh, man. Uh, that shamed him on that worldwide TV. Uh, yeah, he didn't seem to be too happy with the stoppage, but the stoppage was fair because he was. He was, he was so out. Yeah, he was clearly rocked. I mean that that just right there had uh, it, nobody could take a shot like that and, and uh, be and have a cl clear state of mind uh, unless they no. unless uh, they have a uh, head of concrete like you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Although, however, this is one question uh, I've never asked before, but, and I just now thought of it. But say. You had a you had a mirror match against yourself, um, you know, basically, or somebody that's just like you, same style and everything. How do you predict that fight would turn out? I predict the people watching to get their money's worth. <laughs> I mean, would it, do you think it'd be one of those fights that there may not be a knockout, but all all four rounds, king of the four rounders, minder would. Uh, It'd be it'd be an exciting fight. I mean that's I mean that's about all I can say. Whoever paid to watch that fight would get the money's worth. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, another fight, uh, two fights uh, that uh, I found uh, very interesting too. I remember the first fight with uh, Cowboy Billy Eaton. He ca he came out and uh, that was the first time I ever saw you get knocked down. And then that the first fight was in well, ended a draw. But the knockdown. If you seemed, look at it, as, yeah. If you yeah. look at it as more of a trip than anything. That's what I want. I was, it wondering. was more of a stumble. I thought it was a fluke. I mean, the referee obviously. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, he threw a punch. Out, you know, when he pushed me and I went down, I wasn't hurt. It wasn't. It wasn't the punch from the knock. From the, I didn't go down from the punch. You, so you more in the in the rematch. The rematch. Uh huh. 
I ended up knocking him out, and I detached my bicep during the fight, so I knocked him out with one arm. Oh, wow. I did, that I didn't know about. But yeah, the, the knockdown just kind of seemed like uh, maybe you were off balance or something. It didn't sum about it, it. If you look at my feet, you can tell I was, I wasn't, I wasn't, my feet wasn't right, which is my fault. I, I mean, these things happen. I mean, uh, you know, they, the referees sometimes rule a knockout when it's not real or a uh, knockdown. It's not a legitimate knockdown. Exactly. You know, and then they give the count, and of course, the judges are forced to uh, take <laughs> take the oh, points. Oh yeah, off. that's just that's just how that's just how the game is. <laughs> yes, yes. Now. Uh, I understand too that uh, you were you were on the undercard of some major major pay per views too. But uh, what were some of those fights that you were on the undercard for? Delahoya's pretty much fifteen or twenty Delahoya's. I was undercard for Tyson, uh, Tommy Hearns. I've been on like tons, of, and I and I was the only four round fighter ever to be a main event on a major card. Yes. Yes. Uh, who came up with the term "king of the four rounders"? Uh, Bob Arum. Oh, okay, so so it was uh, it was uh, fight fighting for him in top rank, and you just uh, right. Oh, okay, okay. And overall, we you got the call to fight for a big organization like that. What was your overall uh, initial reaction? I mean, you get excited like any fighter would. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a major, major payday in, in in that as well. I mean, uh, oh, without a doubt, yes. And uh, now I I heard some rumors. I I can't confirm any of this or anything, but uh, uh, what I understand, like the lo lower weight classes, they they wear what may wear eight ounce gloves. Uh, you had to wear tw twelve ounce gloves. Is this any of no? This I wore ten, ten ounce, ten ounce. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. I wasn't sure how much uh, the heavyweights had to wear. Yeah, 10 ounce. 10. Yes. And uh, was, was it ever considered? I, I know you threw cha uh, challenges to Mike Tyson, and unfortunately that's something that never happened to. But was, was it ever in the works at all that uh, you might get a shot at Tyson? There was some talk, but it just didn't ever. I mean, his people wanted to keep him away from anybody that could punch, especially after he got out of jail because his chin was suspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, overall, though, when you you look at Mike Tyson, and it, and it was it wasn't Mike; it was his promotion team, Shelly Fink on them. Yeah. Do you think uh, once that's something I, I want to ask you? Do you think uh, once Customato was out of the picture? Do you think that's that's when the, some stuff started to go on a downward spiral. Oh, for yeah. Him. It, didn't, it didn't help Mike at all when that happened. It's like losing your father. Yeah. Oh, that was his father. Adopted father, whatever. Yeah, that, that was that was his father. And, you know, I mean, I think Mike Tyson's story is very impressive. I mean, coming up uh, troubled youth to uh, be in the yeah, I, get, I get along great with Mike. Man, you know, we know each other really well. I mean, I like Mike. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he's a true gentleman, too. He is a he is a, oh, he's a great guy. Yes, yes. And um, talk. I mentioned the fight with uh, Larry Holmes. Of course, uh, he was he was in his early fifties at the time. Um, but this was uh, this was the first time you. Were I was in my mid to late forties. I'll say. Well, I wasn't a young chicken either. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how? 
overall, you this is the first time you're going more than four uh, four rounds. You're going at a ten round bout. Obviously, it was it was said during the commentary you wanted a smaller ring because I know you like to cut people off and and uh, right. Get, I didn't want Larry running like he did. He ran the whole fight. <laughs> yeah. Overall, though, uh, just talk talk about the fight in general. Um, because, uh, yeah, I mean, you looked great all 10 rounds. Well, what happened in the second round, he hit me with a straight right, and I looked at him, I smiled, like, is that the best you got? And he after that, he run, wouldn't get close to me. I mean, he just stayed the hell away. Yeah, it looks like uh, he was more content to uh, stay away and pepper you with his uh, jab, which, got to admit, he's got a good jab. <laughs> but, uh, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, he cut you a little bit, but... Uh, like I said, I even even if the judges didn't rule in your in your favor, you know, you I mean, going ten rounds with him, he couldn't knock you out. He couldn't hurt you. It looked like at all. It, and no, I, it uh, it had to that had to have felt like a big accomplishment in your career doing what you did that night. Well, I knew I could do it. I mean, it wasn't nothing about not being able to do it. I already knew I could. Um, it's just the money paydays that they wouldn't bear in the other round, you know, their fights. I got paid high. I mean, but not like I, I felt I should have been. Yes. So yes. I wasn't fighting more than four rounds. Yes. And, uh, uh, go, you also, it wasn't too long after that, that, uh, you decided to uh, enter K1. It was K1 before you did MMA from what I can remember. And, Correct. uh, yeah, uh, Look, it looked like you had a little too much fun against Mike Bernardo. I mean, he he hit you with that spinning kick, and uh, you, you just you just yelled at him, Let, "Let's keep going!" But those low kicks seemed yeah. To- just he just kept hitting me with late kick. He got actually fined. They took money out of his purse because he wouldn't he wouldn't he wasn't aggressive enough. He'd kick and run. He wasn't getting close. He was just using his leg kicks and, and staying away. Yeah, that uh, those leg kicks did uh, did look like uh, that was bothering you a little bit, though. That looked. Oh like, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, did were you? Did you? It's, have, like hit, it's like getting hit in the leg with a baseball bat. Yeah, did you have trouble walking the next day? No, oh, yeah, I, I didn't walk right for about a month. Oh really? Yeah, because I I remember Kit Cope, who's a, also a former K one lightweight champion, said he broke somebody's femur with a leg kick. Right. So, so yeah, those leg kicks are not fun. I mean, I've been lightly kicked in training, and still that hurts like hell, without a doubt. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. Yeah, but, uh, still it. Even though you lost via TKO in that fight, it still looked like you had a lot of fun in that fight. Oh yeah, I mean it was a good fight. Yes. Yeah. The crowd was happy. Everybody was happy. I become a hero because I took so many leg kicks and kept going. And uh, anybody who's anybody who's uh, fought in Japan uh, has has uh, nothing but good to, good things to say when they go and fight in Japan as well. I mean, f- for you, yeah, I fought I fought in Japan probably thirty five times. Yeah, and uh, from what I understand, the people over there are great, and once especially once they know you, they treat you like royalty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To definitely, I want to backtrack. There's, um, you know, I want to talk about uh, your time in the in the WWE when you fought Bart Gunn. Um, uh, like, like, oh man, did you hurt him? 
<laughs> oh. oh, yeah, he was out. He was out bad. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, but uh, from from what I understand, uh, you know, Bart Gunn was the underdog in the brawl for all, and uh, he, you know, he just he wasn't expected to win. So, and he did win. He, you know, beating Doctor Death, which uh, obviously infuriated Vince and uh, and a couple other people. Uh, I want your opinion, though. I think, I think the brawl for all itself uh, to find out who the toughest man amongst the wrestlers are was a was a great concept. But uh, looking at it and how uh, how some some of the others how it shortened careers and things like uh, like that, you know, I uh, I think uh, it could have been. It, there could have been better decisions made uh, for the brawl for all. Like uh, they should have got somebody involved who was more involved with boxing or tough man. What do you think? Yeah, I mean it was it was it's kind of a good idea, but a lot of guys got you know seriously injured, and it's not it's not a safe, boxing's not a safe sport. The guys just if you're not used to doing it, they shouldn't have been doing it. Yes. I, and then I saw, um, you know, Bart Gunn was was really confident that he was going to beat you because because he spent some time at a boxing school. But uh, the tr- he trained almost a year at a boxing gym. I mean, yeah, I mean he he might have he might have done so done well maybe against a, a a relative novice, but he's going up against Butterbean, a seasoned. Well, what he, what he should if he had, yeah. if he would have any kind of chance at all, he should just come out brawling and just. Did like he did the other. He just tried to box, and that was just wrong move. <laughs> yeah, and one—I mean, you landed the first time, and uh, you know, and I—I I, I saw the one documentary. Uh, you said you said I hope he doesn't get get up again, or it's going to be bad. And then he just put him to sleep once he got up again. I mean, yeah, then he should never let him got back up after the first big, big knockdown. Yeah. So if you were the referee in that fight. Uh, you would have waved it off after the first time. Yeah, he should. He should have stopped the fight. But then you know he broke his neck and he come back and won a world title. So he's he's got the tough man mentality. You know he, he can handle it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so I mean, after that though, Bart Bart Gunn's career was uh, just pretty much done. And was that the last time you had any involvement in the WWE? Uh, yeah, that was. I, you know, I'd, I'd wrestled for him four or five other pay-per-views prior to that, but yeah, that was the last time I worked for him because I didn't have time. I was fighting so regularly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's look at your resume. Uh, how many pages do we need? I mean, yeah, MMA, boxing, tough men, even sumo wrestling too. You talk about that a little bit. Now, how'd you get that come to be? It was it was a fundraiser, it was a charity event there in Japan for for children's charity. So uh, you know we did it. it oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, it was it. I can't remember, but I think it was Bob Sapp that you went up against. Yeah, it was Bob Sapp. Yep. Yeah, and uh, he just did the thing and pushed pushed you out of the, out of the circle, which is that's how you win a sumo match. Right, he had done it. He had done it previously, and then football. You know, he had a lot of training. You know, other than, other than what I had. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Raise money for the kids. That was the main goal. You know, I talked to Bob Sapp about ten years ago. Um, he told me his position in football was butt back, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He said his coach was always tell him, "Tell him, Bob, get your butt back here." <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, that. So for you as well, have you have you had involvement in any other athletics such as such as football or anything as well? Well, in high school, I did, but no, I never wanted to play. Yeah, did did it when you were younger? Did you ever think that uh, you would be a professional fighter, or is it just something that came? to No, you? I mean, who could who could have? I mean, it just life life throws you know different obstacles at you, and you just go with the flow, and it just happens out. It worked out for me. Yes, yes. So I think uh, one of my favorite fights. Uh, that you were in, uh, in especially in MMA, was the one against uh, Wesley Cabbage Carrera. I know you had a. I've had, I've had like four fights with, with Cabbage. He's a tough guy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, I t- I mentioned earlier in the interview that uh, that mirror match. You know, if you were to fight yourself, I think the closest we could probably come to that would be Cabbage, even though he's a. I think he's a little bit taller than you, but he likes to brawl, and. Uh, one thing you and him both have in common is uh, I watched you both take out big old muscular dudes. Right. Yeah. But uh, that's when uh, we saw that you added new skills to, to your arsenal. Um, You know, you threw big punches, but I watched you throw elbows in that fight. I watched you throw kicks in that fight. And uh, over. I worked, I I went to America top team in Florida and worked with them. So that was a lot of help to me. Yes, yes. And uh, in the end, uh, what exactly happened to him? I, d- I, just, I just know that he had some kind of injury and, uh, from landing the elbows or something. Well, I ended up breaking his arm in the, in the one fight, but, I mean, he had a lot of ribs, ribs that were bruised and broken, too, so he couldn't breathe. Also, yeah, that's one thing I noticed, too, is you closed, closed the distance and start landing those body shots. Yeah, the body shots hurt, Cabbage. Yeah, I mean, I, you're known for your big overhand right, to, you know, and uh, putting people out, uh, knock, uh, you know, hitting to the head. But uh, yeah, that was one fight there. I see you going to the body a lot too. I mean, is it that's something uh, you you worked on? Well, I, you know, you learn that in box. You know, I've always always done the body shots in boxing. I mean, I've, I've been notorious for body and overhand, right? But you, know, you just notice overhand more than you do the body shots. Yes, I've stopped a lot of guys in boxing with with a body shot. Yeah, that. Uh, can you, yeah, that's something I don't remember though. You, uh, name off a couple of fights to where, uh, yeah, you, you had I've, had, I've had over three hundred fights. I couldn't tell you which which one went which way. I couldn't tell you. I've met <laughs> guys that I fought. I don't even remember fighting them. Yes, <laughs> I've had over three hundred fights, professional fights. So it's kind of hard to keep up. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Another fight uh, that uh, I really enjoyed watching too was. Uh, against uh, Peter McNeely and uh, like you know like I mentioned about George Lindberger he you know he's uh, was doing something to get under your skin a little bit but uh, was that also the case with Peter McNeely or was he just pissing off the referee no no McNeely was McNeely it was he, nothing nothing bugged me about him uh, now you just beat the hell out of him end of story <laughs> pretty much yep that was it yeah, but I just remember. I think it was the referee. He was get uh, was irritating him or something. Something was going on. I don't that. remember. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you ended that one rather. Uh, I think towards the end of the first round, if I remember correctly. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how how was it uh, for for the movie Jackass when uh, you fought Johnny Knoxville in a in a department store? Uh, how, yeah, they asked. They you know I thought it was like a movie movie when I got there. They said, "No, we really want you to knock him out." I said, "Okay, no problem." <laughs> so you know I felt bad about beating him up, so that's so I let him hit me one time, and I knocked him out. <laughs> how how was it that they come to be that uh, that that fight was put together? <laughs> they just called me up and asked me if I'd come knock him out. I said, "Sure." And uh, he even said, did he say himself he wants to be knocked out by Butterbean? That's what he said. Now, they call it jackass for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> and the stupid shit that they do. I mean, uh, why they and do They that. do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, people watch it, so they're doing something right, I guess. Yeah. Uh, me, I, I'd I'd rather stay safe. I, I Like I said, I've fought before, but... Uh, the things they do, I wouldn't do any of that. So, no. <laughs> uh, it did look like, though, when he when you told him to hit you at least one time, it looks like he did land a pretty good shot, though. I mean, it, I heard some impact to it. I guess. I didn't feel it, but that's just, you know, he's a little bitty guy, so what do you expect? <laughs> <clears throat> then again, uh, a good friend of mine told me a long time ago that a, a boxer can take more punches than any black belt. So, oh, without a doubt. And and then a, you, there's you, of course, with with a head of concrete, like I said earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, I'm fixed to have to get off here. I appreciate the yeah. interview. I really do, and hopefully it goes good for you. Yes, yes. And uh, if uh, one thing uh, before you go, if the fans want to look you up, uh, how, how can they do so? You got uh, social media or anything? I got like a, that? on my Facebook. It's and then I got a TikTok. On TikTok, it's Butterbean King of Four Rounds. All and right. then on on Facebook, it's just Butterbean Eric Ash. All right. Well, hey, I really appreciate uh, your time here on the show, and uh, best of luck to you with what you're doing in your future endeavors. I know that you've got the restaurant going on. I've got to. I got to stop in and get a bite to eat sometime. Come on down. We'll have lunch together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, once again, thank you so much and God bless. Hey, you have an awesome day. You too. All right. There you have the interview with Eric Butterbean Esh. So we got some time left in the show. And uh, as we do every anniversary show, just uh, look back and reflect on moments in the show so uh first off uh here's a clip uh from the very first episode of outlaw radio done six years ago yes that was uh june yeah june 5th uh 2015 uh, let's take a listen to that Gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio. Yes, this is the moment. This is the opportunity I've been waiting for to join with other students of the American Broadcasting School. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves. 
Who wants to go first? I'll take a crack at it here. My name is Chris Master. I'm the host of the Renegade Show. Great to be here on Outlaw Radio, y'all. I guess I'll go next. My name is Derek Stark. I'm the host of The Drive Home with Derek Stark. You can find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash ABS The Drive Home. Make sure you get that like. It's country music and rock music mixed together. Outlaw Radio was one of the ideas I pitched to Billy because Hellhounds, let's just say they didn't appreciate the name. And that's that's quite okay with me. I, I wasn't that fond of the name myself. I just kind of thought of it at the last minute. But, uh, Derek, I think uh, you're the more grateful one in this matter, so thank you very much. Uh, you are most welcome. Outlaw Radio is where we do, we talk about what we want, when we want, Nothing is off limits, and profanity is welcome. Fuck yeah! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. First profanity. I love it. And as you can hear, yes, Chris was the first one to drop the F-bomb on the show. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too long after that. I can't remember what show this was from, but, uh, you know, uh, between Derek and Chris, uh, the old jokes. Yeah, they sure like to pull those on me. So, yeah, let's uh, let's listen to that one right there. First time I was ever hit with an old joke. Well, 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 hell to the motherfucking yeah. It's good to be back on Outlaw Radio right here on Sky 106 Variety out of the clear blue sky. I am your host, Bad Billy, and I'll let these other two fools introduce themselves like they're supposed to. What up, everyone? I am the master, Chris Master, and boy, damn, it's good to be back. I have to say... It is good to be back on Sky 106, variety of the clear blue sky. I'm Derek Stark, the infamous, red-bearded, wonderful man. And don't be listening to Billy because Billy's seen the invention of the wheel. He's literally seen it all. I've seen a lot. I mean, you know, I mean, Jesus is a good guy. But, uh, Derek, are you going to be this mouthy when you hit puberty? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's because your hair from your head going in and coming out other places. <laughs> now, the old joke wasn't the other th- wasn't the only thing. Uh, there's something else they like to get me with, and that is veterinarian jokes. I I can't possibly know why. <laughs> I do know why, but it's an inside joke. But uh, just the way it was <laughs> presented to me. So uh, let's take a listen to that moment. Well, 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 what's going on, fuckers and fuckettes? Welcome to Outlaw Radio. I'm your host, Bad Billy. Where are the other two dim-witted, brainless, worthless... Oh, no, I I can't say that about my (laughs) co-hosts. What's going on, guys? Where are you? Yeah, we can can really uh, fuck with you, man, if we really wanted to remember that. But I'm the master, Chris Master. What up, everyone? And I am the red, uh, long goatee, uh, the red-bearded Irishman. What's going on, everybody? And yes, Billy, we've got stuff over you, so <laughs> don't fuck with us on this money you fucked with. <laughs> oh. oh. 
Yeah, we didn't we didn't go to school to study veterinarians. Yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, and that's why and that's why we're a part of a law radio because we're assholes. But we oh. do respect each other, and we expect respect, and we give respect. All right. So for the third anniversary special, uh, that was actually the first time I had John B. Wells, as you heard in the second hour. Yeah, well, he joined during the first hour uh, during uh, our third anniversary show, and then he decided to uh, give us a shout-out on his show, which is called Arc Midnight, or, you know, he has Caravan to Midnight and Arc Midnight, but... Uh, yeah, let's uh, take a m- moment to listen to this from his uh, broadcast. Uh, yeah, this was from uh, 2018 on our third anniversary show. Oh, yeah, it's kind of the way it is sometimes. I got something for y'all. That's a southern thing. I'll just use it once, just at the y'all one time. Got something here for y'all. We're giving away 10 one-month Caravan to Midnight subscriptions for those who are listening on Facebook, share the stream, and tag five friends. Or email your name and telephone number to info at caravantomidnight.com. I'm serious, C-A-R-A-V-A-N-T-O-M-I-D-N-I-G-H-T. Do not use the number two. Do not spell midnight without the G and the H, okay? You must. Also, subscribe to Caravan to Midnight using voucher... Arc Midnight, one word, capital A, and capital M. Download instructions on https colon double slash caravanamidnight.com. Not triple dub, https colon double slash caravanamidnight.com. How to subscribe is the top banner. I don't need that. I don't need to read the instructions. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that. Maybe that's true, but I think you should. I really think you should. And I want to give a shout out to some young, some young Turks. They're not Turkish, but I, I don't think they are. But I want to give a shout out to Bad Billy, Mr. Freeze, Chris Master, guys over at Outlaw Radio. I uh, very happily accepted their invitation to come on their program earlier in the evening. Outlaw Radio, in observance of their third anniversary. So happy birthday. And you're doing good work. Got a nice long road ahead of you. And your work is going to get better and better and better as you go along. So check them out sometime. You'll enjoy what they have to bring to the party. All right. And some of the moments, uh, I mean, I'm going to tell you, we've always uh, talked about political issues. It's just that uh, since 2018, it just got heavier and heavier into the subject, especially uh, when I started getting involved more with the South Africans and what's going on over there. And, uh, of course, uh, we do get a few haters, and uh, I don't know who this coward was using a voice changer, but uh, (laughs) this was from an old telephone chat system called the Shout Wall. Yeah, just get a little, (laughs) I've played this before, but listen again. It's gay radio. Billy runs a gay radio show. The only baby that's cooks over there is that's the only thing those perverts do. It's gay radio. Flaming homosexual. Billy and the faggots. They ought to invite Jeremy over there. They can run a train on Jeremy Clayton Sand. 
Well, wasn't that just special? <laughs> All right. So there we have it. Some cl old clips uh, from uh, past episodes of Outlaw Radio. Now let's remember where the title Outlaw Radio comes from. Originally, the show was going to be called Hellhounds Radio Show, but uh, at the time, we were still attending American Broadcasting School as three students, and uh, they didn't really like that concept, so Derek came up with Outlaw Radio, and I like the concept that uh, even though other there are other shows with the same name, it's the fact that uh, Outlaw Radio stands for Freedom of Speech, and the day Freedom of Speech is outlawed, I will be an outlaw. So that's it for it for this episode. Coming up next week is yet to be determined. However, while in Rapid City, I met a few people, got more guests coming to the show for the second hours. And uh, of course, there's more people that uh, some of the publicists like Sean O'Donnell want me to meet or interview as well. So... With that said, going to end the show with uh, the late Monty Garrison and uh, the song about my hometown, Horseshoe Bend. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio. It's been a fabulous six years and uh, going to be fabulous years to come in the future. I will be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio. been on a trail or two There's one thing that I know is sometimes hard to find a smile or meet a friendly soul and in these days of strangers and eyes that turn away a little town in Idaho Welcomed me today I don't care what you look like I don't care where you've been You can find a friend in Horseshoe Bend Sled.
young one Just going to school They all got their stories They all feel the rain Here in Horseshoe Bend We're all the same you're in a band or maybe you run a radio show or podcast whatever you do you want to market your brand with custom made apparel look no further than fresh baked tees t-shirts hoodies tank tops caps beanies koozies banners and even masks you can get them all custom made from fresh baked tees prices are reasonable and negotiable Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. If you've been searching for a show that talks about what's trending in the world, entertainment gossip, stupid news, and more, sizzling talk radio that is not dumbed or watered down, a show that is not for pussies, then you need to stop searching and check out The Charles Richardson Show. It's uncensored talk radio. No crybabies. No losers. No fucktards. Charles Richardson and crew bring it 100% with real opinions. If you can't take it, Get the fuck out. You can even call the show and flap your gums, provided you have a brain. For the 411 stations and showtimes, like The Charles Richardson Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Charles Richardson Show. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Charles Richardson Show. You want some? Come get some. I'm a good person. I never bothered anybody. But I can't afford a nice house in a safe neighborhood. I live in a government high-rise. Gangbangers and drug dealers walk down our halls every day. My neighbors and I were scared. We called the police. But they can't keep us safe. Some of us are too afraid to even leave our apartments. But the housing authority told me if I bought a gun to protect myself, they'd throw me to the streets. 
If I'm not free because of my address today, what makes you think you'll be free tomorrow? I marched behind Martin Luther King at Selma. I know my rights. Now I have my gun. I am the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy, the one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Well, here I am sitting on a porch writing another song. like me Man, can't you see Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song The outlaw song Well, here I am Sitting on the porch Wishing I with old George We'd be strumming on the cold hard truth And he stopped loving her today And I love to play Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song old song about Waylon and Willie David Allen Coe 
Man in black and the possum George Jones Can't go wrong 